1: The Opinion Line on Corks 96FM. I watched the group chat podcast on Virgin Music. a good show, actually. They put it out as a podcast every week, but they also broadcast it on the telly. It's Richard Chambers and Gavin Royley and Zara King host it, and it's literally a group chat with a guest of the day. And, and, and last week's guest was... Um, Cork TD Holly Cairns and she she told a a horrific story about being stalked and to the point where she was terrified she couldn't open a, a constituency office or anything like that and then it was a broader conversation than that, about being a woman in politics and the things that she's subjected to uh, being a woman in politics. And then she and Nasa Harrigan, who you have often heard on this program um, to do with Ona Cora, they both turned up on the, the Late Late Show on Friday night discussing s- similar issues. Holly joins me now. Um, I, I, I take it that all this has stopped now, Holly. I hope it has. Good morning.
2: Good morning, PJ. Um, yeah, that incident with um, an individual turning up in my home on a few occasions was some time ago now, so um, that has stopped. I suppose the the thing about it for me was that once that had happened, any message that I got um, into the work phone or into our social media, it became that that. In my mind, I felt like, oh, that's actually somebody who could turn up on my home now. Whereas previously, I would have brushed off those kind of messages you get online, if that makes sense.
1: Yes. So even though it has stopped, you still retain a certain amount of trauma in that something that, that does pop into, like you say, your work phone, you think, oh, God, is this the start of something else?
2: To a certain extent, yeah, you do. But um, maybe it's also good to be a bit mindful of that and, you know, I had a kind of a, a roller coaster into politics. It was, you know, in a very short space of time we had the local elections um and I got in by one vote and then it was, I think, seven months later the general election. So perhaps I was underprepared and I hadn't really thought about maybe safety concerns or anything like that. Mm. And perhaps other people would in that situation. Maybe I was a bit naive. You know yourself in West Cork like I didn't have a lock for the door, didn't have any blinds or a bit like that. So yeah. um Perhaps I should have um, known better, but when people had previously warned me about abuse going into politics, I thought that they meant, you know, and perhaps they did, but people challenging your political beliefs. And it's important to mention as well that I think that's crucial. The way we have access to our politicians and is something we need to preserve because it's so great that we have that. You kind of, you know, in touch with your local communities, you're not removed and that's something that's quite unique to Ireland and I think that's why this issue needs to be addressed because I think we'll see a move away from that more and more if there's increased kind of um, extreme views levelled at public representatives and mm. that doesn't just go for kind of TDs and perhaps county and city councillors but it also is an issue for people in the media in general be it in journalism or any kind of a public figure like that yeah. and so it does it is something that needs to be addressed.
1: I recall your arrival into politics at the local elections in 2019, and you you kept us camped at a couch centre <laughs> for nearly a week, be, being the last councillor in the entire country. And then I remember the general election, and someone said to us very early in the morning of the count for Cork South West, "You need to watch Holly." Very early on oh, the wow. morning of the count, someone said, "You need to watch Holly," and sure, you, you you got yourself elected, and the rest the rest is history. Had you known then? What you know now? Would you have still gotten into politics at national level, Holly?
2: Like I wouldn't change uh, what I've done. I feel like it's the biggest honour ever to represent Cork Southwest. I absolutely love my job. I wouldn't change it, but I don't think it's kind of a good approach to say, "Had I known that I get the the, the kind of letters I get in the post, the kind of questions I get into my Instagram Q and A's." somebody turning up from my home, would I have done it? It's not like a good message to send out, you know? If somebody had told me all of the things, perhaps I wouldn't. And I think it's better to say this is a situation that needs to be addressed because I think, PJ, and you talk about that, my launch into politics, like, in all of Cork, there's 18 TDs for Cork, yeah. I think, is 16 or 18. Thanks. And there's one woman, that's me. So, like, we desperately need more Manor, as we we have more Manaw campaign, we need more women in politics. And... The problem with speaking about this is like, for one, I don't want to deter people from politics. But after somebody threw a bag of feces at Ann Rabbit, everybody was telling stories anonymously anyway. So it's like it's out there how public representatives are are treated. That deterrent is out there. But it's kind of um, that the problem is also the solution. So I really think that us kind of putting it out there without looking for solutions will deter people from going into politics. If we put it out there because it's essential to do that, to find solutions, I hope would attract more women in. Because I do think there's... There's abuse leveled at men and women in politics. It's definitely a problem for both genders. It's a very different kind of abuse often that's leveled at women. Mm. And I think the solution to having less of that is to actually have more women in politics. Like it's still some bit of a novelty when you consider there's one female TD in the biggest county in the country. Whereas if there was 50% women, I don't think we'd see the same kind of discourse leveled directly at the few female TDs that are there. So, you know, it's a tricky kind of... um, thing to address because I don't want to put people off and if any of your listeners I think you're going into politics I do want to emphasize that that's not all the job is about you know sure. it's incredibly rewarding and I do think that that greater kind of diversity in decision making just allows for better decision making and mm. um, so we desperately need that and we need more um, disabled people people with disabilities we need more people of color we need everything in politics and I hope that this doesn't deter people because I suppose the point of me saying what's going on is that I'm saying we are going to do something about this to try and make it better, um, and yeah. so yeah, I'm wary of that.
1: I, I was shocked oh. to see that both yourself and Nessa Harrigan, who, as I said, had been a, a guest on this show many times to do with Onocera. I was I was shocked at the extent of what you both gone through, and then on the the podcast with with the Let's for Virgin, like how widespread it is at sort of low level and the level that, that you suffered, there's a lot of it going on. It's, a, it's it's a tough it's a tough gig being a female politician.
2: It is, and I think we need to establish, like, where is it coming from and what are the different types yes. of abuse in yes. order to try and address it? Because somebody essentially throwing a bag of shit at a minister or, you know, a milkshake at the Tanisha at the time, or whatever, I think it's a different kind of... um abuse to stalking or sexualized things in the post. So we have to take a different approach to address both of those two things. And I think violence against women in the sense of stalking and things like that is a whole broader conversation that perhaps we can have now. And then there's also the conversation that we need to have around that kind of other type of violence that's being leveled at public representatives. And like, is that a kind of discourse that we see online all the time that's now seeping out into just how we think it's appropriate to behave in society? Has it changed the playing field, if that makes sense? Has Mm. it normalized that kind of extreme attack and abuse and disregard for people's personal safety and things like that? Mm. Um, Is it that people feel so disenfranchised at this point with homelessness, with the trolley crisis, that it strikes me, do people feel more like they have nothing to lose You know, we kind of need to actually be able to talk about them, to understand them, to then try and address the situations, because I don't think any of us are really clear on it at the moment. And the kind of silence around it, because understandably, TDs don't want to talk about as well, because can you imagine like if you're launching an election campaign and you're trying to figure out like what message do you want to get across to the electorate about the individual that you're asking them to vote for? Victim isn't one of those things, you know. So nobody really wants to talk about it. You don't want to be perceived as weak and all of those things. But ultimately, when we see the, the kind of level of abuse that public representatives are getting, um, most recently Minister Ann Rabbit, but mm-hmm. the things that people have come out with over the last few weeks since the media coverage of it, gun shells left at their back door, a TD's car was set on fire,
0: Sorry, people yeah. being
2: cornered and intimidated in their constituency offices. I have to ask the question, what exactly are we waiting for to happen before we're going to actually try and do something about yeah.
1: it? You, 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 you. And the
2: biggest impediment is us yeah. not wanting to talk about it, unfortunately. Yes. And we look over to the UK and two MPs yes. have been murdered. So yes. we just have to take it a little bit more seriously, with also an awareness that it isn't the most important issue in the country. I have to say, I'd rather be on your programme today talking about the deal with Quilta, talking about what's going on at the moment with the optional protocol on the rights of people with disabilities. Sure, But here we are. It has to be addressed.
1: Indeed. And you you brought up the, the UK situation and I remember the morning after the incident with Minister Rabbit and was it Kieran Cannon was also there that incident and the when we were covering it in, in the, to the extent that we did, the comments that came in almost justifying it, almost saying well, life is tough for people and they're they're lashing out almost Justifying it, Holly, that must be, that must be frightening as a politician to think that someone, and that's, like you said, the bag of crap being thrown at a minister. That's, if, if they justify that, what else will they justify?
0: It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. Work.
1: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, That's stamps.com. Code program.
2: That's it. I think we need to think about this properly and think it's absolutely appropriate and actually necessary. I would say crucial to challenge politicians on their policy, on the legislation they're implementing, on the decisions that they're making. And if you're not happy with those pieces of legislation, like, Vote in that way. <laughs> and I think, you know, that's, we have a democracy and it can feel really frustrating at times. And you can understand, you know, say if you take something like the housing crisis and people are saying, perhaps listeners might be thinking now, well, that's all well and good, Holly, but I have voted in the last three elections for change and I still have, you know, Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael or whatever. But it's like, that is the only way we can change it. It's a democratic system. It's not, you can vote with your feet. It's not appropriate to ever attack an individual to physically attack an individual and like that is the only way to address this is at the ballot box if you feel if if it's coming from that place of just feeling so disenfranchised exercise that in other ways get into activism do things to actually change the situation attacking an individual actually just damages I think the body politic it damages the on the ground nature of Irish politicians with the general public that I think we really need to try and um, preserve but it is important that we like absolutely condemn those actions but also try and understand where they're coming from yes. and if anyone's listening you know if they want to write into the show anonymously it's important for us to understand is it a feeling of being disenfranchised is it perhaps getting like doesn't social media rile people up in a particular way now where we see these kind of like oftentimes it's misinformation as well but a little kind of sound bites of information that just make you feel more and more angry and like you know the kind of whole system is working against people and we see the kind of widening gap between the rich and the poor all the time and all of these things can can understandably make people feel frustrated but how do we deal with that frustration you know that's the the separate thing and I'm not saying by any means that oh you know because policies um are disenfranchising people that it's okay to ever um attack them that's what I mean it's absolutely not you know we need to We need to really think about this. And then in relation to the kind of targeted, um, specific type of abuse that female public representatives seem to be experiencing, I think that is something very different and it needs to be examined and analyzed in a different way because there's going to be then a different solution for that. Because, you know, in terms of that, like, you know, speaking out about, it's not particularly enjoyable I don't think anyone who's listening to your program now who's spoken out about any kind of abuse in the past, you don't feel better when you do it. Mm. It's not like, oh, that's a relief now. kind of brings potentially more abuse. Um, you feel like you may be pigeonholed as a victim. And we see that, and I'm not comparing these situations to mine because they're entirely different. But for example, PJ, like in situations around rape in Ireland, mm. less than 1% of victims of rape get justice because one of the massive reasons is people do not want to go forward and speak out they feel like the system is adversarial because it is the victim is essentially trialed by court and by media and by the general public rather than the perpetrator Mm. you have to prove a negative you know that you didn't consent rather than the perpetrator having to prove that they didn't commit a crime. And you'd never see that in any other kind of trial. It's only when it's violence against women, essentially, or sometimes it is men in that scenario. But predominantly, it's women who are victims of that crime. Whereas if somebody burgled your house, you wouldn't be saying, well, do you think perhaps the, the victim of the burglary was asking to be burgled? Were you sort of flaunting your cash? Were we driving around in a new car? You know, we never presume that somebody was asking to be burgled, for true, example. Very true. So the kind of culture we have around violence against women is very kind of fraught. Um and like this time a year ago, we saw this kind of outpouring of people saying we need to address this when Ashton Murphy was murdered.
1: Yes.
2: This has to be addressed because since since in this year alone, and we're still in January, two women have been murdered. And we didn't see the same kind of outpouring because I think sometimes it's a time and a place and a I don't know, you know, we haven't seen the same kind of reaction to that, but I raised it in the call last week because mm-hmm. I think it's important that we highlight it every single time that this is an ongoing issue and the murders I think it's over 360 women since 1966. Yes. They're the tip of the iceberg. They that that's what the result of accumulation of problems of uh, coercive control of um financial abuse of Uh, domestic violence, of all of these things. And there are actions that we can take to address those things. And we saw all of these promises coming from government at the time that Ashley Murphy was murdered, refuge spaces for domestic violence. We have less than 50% of the recommended bare minimum in Ireland. There's supposed to be one for every 10,000 people. In Ireland, we have one for every 10,000 women. That's 50% less. Education is another one. Education, education, education. Why aren't we teaching people in schools about respectful and healthy sexual relationships, for example? Mm -hmm. Where is this culture coming from that we feel like it's okay as a society to speak to women in a particular way? All of these things are things that can be addressed and worked on. We've identified all of them. And when the public pressure is on, the government are focused on it. But it falls by the wayside immediately Mm -hmm. when that public outcry dissipates because it's not feasible for it to continue on. But there's different types of abuse there's different ways to address it and to encourage more people into politics. We just have to do something about it. I think this is the first step.
1: Yes. Will you be standing again, Holly?
2: hundred percent. Yeah. I've never been more determined, to be honest. And, okay. you know, I think it's to be expected that when you do have different types of people going into politics, that there's kind of institutions there who have always had control of constituencies and they, they actually talk about the seats like they own them. Like you would say things <laughs> like Fianna Fáil seat, the Pina seat, like it's, ultimately it's the seat of the people mm-hmm. and i think that's amazing that we're in charge of how our country is run by virtue of who we like to run it and it's like i said it's been my biggest honor in my life to represent cork southwest and it's to be expected that when outsiders kind of get in like that that often you know people will try and take you down and i did like i said on the uh, group chat podcast and on the late late like it did knock me back, I have to say. Yeah. It built up and I did feel like I wanted to take a step back from doing media. Um, I didn't want to be in my constituency office. I was, you know, it did knock me back a bit. But like I said, that incident was some time ago. I've taken measures. I've got um, a great protective dog. I've got these ETV, I've got locks in my doors. I do the things that I need to do and I couldn't it's, it's, be it's, more it's, determined. It's, it's,
1: to it's horrible though. that you have to do all those things though, isn't it? Just for do it? Just for doing your job.
2: It shouldn't be the case and I think it's something we need to address. I hope that uh, this will be the start of it. I know that there's going to be a kind of meeting convened in the Oireptis, um in light of the discussions we've been having over the last week. So that's a positive. I hope that yeah. steps will be taken. Um, but I'm absolutely uh, running again. I have no no doubt about good, that.
1: Let me ask you a question that's come in from Bernie and see what how you respond to it Um so Bernie says what happened to her should never happen to anybody but I feel just because it's a politician we're all supposed to weep for them does she not understand there were people doing their shopping in town to feed themselves who are fearful incidents several times a week and the weaker you are the more they pick on you I would love for her to know what I go through I can't change the law I can't put more guards on the beat but politicians can that's coming from Bernie
2: I actually completely agree with Bernie and like honestly one of the reasons that I really didn't want to talk about it was um, like I'm aware that say for me talking about how I might feel unsafe in my home and then there's some people don't have a home to feel unsafe in it seems very rich actually and I do think that that's a big reason why a lot of TDs don't want to ever talk about it because yes. I'm aware it is not the most important issue in the country. Bernie is completely right and like the kind of um, abuse people get comes in so many other professions, like in nursing, in care, in psychiatric care, in all of these things. Like, I think that she's absolutely right, and I just agree with her. Mm, um, okay. And all I can say is, when we have these feelings, and I remember going into politics and thinking, because like I felt like very poor politics, just so frustrated, and I thought actually the best way to address it is to go in and try and change legislation. I can't actually allow for more guards on the street at the moment because I'm in opposition, not in government. I would love to get into government, but I felt that kind of frustration and I thought, well, I'm going to go into politics and try and do something about it. And now it wasn't specifically in relation to that issue. But then I remember when I got in and I was, um, one of the things that I felt was that we needed more diversity in there, more people who were kind of maybe not really ingrained in the institutional ways that politics works in Ireland, because I don't think it serves everybody. Mm. You know, we need better representation. And one of the things I thought was we need maternity leave for counsellors uh, to try and get more women in. And I think yeah. that would help decision making and people saying, well, why is she working to try and get that for, for counsellors? You know, that's not the people, the general public. But my, I suppose, I hope I'm explaining it well enough to Bernie, but the point I'm trying to make is that in order to make better legislation, for example, to get more guards in the street, to try and address the homeless crisis, to try and address the trolley crisis, I think is to change the kind of representation that we have, the kind of government that we have. Mm. And I really believe that that can happen and that it's the only way to actually get those changes. So that's why I think we need to try and make it more appealing to people who might be thinking going into politics, somebody perhaps like Bernie, that wouldn't be deterred by hearing about the kind of abuse that you might get, gun gels left at your back door, your car set on fire. You know, we need to change this system democratically, in my opinion, and you know, I'm I'm sorry that it maybe it appears like that that I'm focusing on a particular issue and it can seem a bit rich. That's I'm actually really aware there are much more important issues out there.
1: Yeah, no, and uh, one one thing that I I did do was watch the full uh, group chat interview because I know that there was a lot more to it, and I would advise anybody to go and look at it because it's a it's a it's a wide ranging. Conversation with yourself and the guys on on Virgin Media, Holly. Thank you for being with me today, and um, I wish you good luck.
2: Thank you so much, PJ.
1: Cheers. Quartz ninety six FM.
0: Insightful and thought provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS.